This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and we are back with another episode And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you feel about this whole thing Bethany is also back with another episode. She recorded a follow-up rant um, to her Rachel interview. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I also finally caught up on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I got to be honest, the Sunday schedule has been kicking my ass with Atlanta, Roni, Crappy Lake, uh, Watch What Happens Live currently on hiatus. But it's just, it's a lot to happen on a Sunday night. So I was a few weeks behind on Atlanta, but I did catch up Um so I'm going to get into that a little bit. You know, it's it's a good time to be on Bravo. There's lots happening. Salt Lake is coming back soon. Um, Southern Charm. I'm I'm really wondering, though, when we're getting our next Housewives trailer. Because it seems like Dubai, it's got to be soon. Potomac, it seems like, theoretically, should also be soon. There's a lot, there's a lot cooking. But for today, you know, we're talking Bethany, unfortunately. Again, we're talking Atlanta. This Bethany thing. I was hesitant to listen to her follow-up rant. And I mean, I was hesitant to listen to any of it because I value my time. I mean, no, I don't. Who are we kidding? But I did. I listened to her follow-up. And she, so she says that she doesn't care about people having negative opinions of her interview with Rachel or her more broadly she doesn't care. You can be mean to her on TikTok and she loves it. It's like catnip for her. But the thing is, nothing says I don't care like hopping on the microphone and recording a 30-minute diatribe about people having opinions about you. Like, I'm no expert in psychology or how people's brains work. I did I did take AP psychology in high school and I got a five on the AP exam. Um, I also took child psych in college. It was like senior year. I needed another random credit. Um, can't say I paid a whole lot of attention. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm approaching this from. Just, you know, I want to be um, upfront about my credentials. But I just feel like if you... If your response to something is to publish an episode about it and to talk for 30 minutes about it and to get sort of worked up, I would venture to say that that suggests you care. You know, maybe you maybe you love it. Maybe you you're happy that you're getting that attention because maybe you are, um, you know, a, a troll or, a you know, whatever that that just thrives on that. But like you, you still care. Even if you're not crying about it, you're still exhibiting feelings of of caring. Um, but overall, you know, she responds to some of the specific questions about her interview um, and about 
you know, the Vanderpump Rules situation in general. Uh, I mean, still the fact that she has never watched the show until recently and, you know, doesn't seem to particularly care about the some of the facts that she's making claims about. It doesn't sit great with me. Um, specifically, my my question, I talked about this on Monday's episode, but she won't give a real answer to whether or not Rachel was paid for being on her podcast, even though Rachel or somebody on her team said that she wasn't. The question is, you know, now that she has the number one podcast in the world, it's like, is she getting a cut of that ad revenue or something? And Bethany's response to that is a very smug, like, you don't know what I'm doing. So talk all you want. I love it. But you don't know. And it's like, okay, Miss um, Union Organizer, like, just don't don't tell us. Fine. That's fine. She also talks, which I think something that has come up a little bit in these last few weeks of reality reckoning convo is Bethany's kind of own role in the reality TV system, not as a cast member on the shows, but after she has been kind of in her, um, I don't know, boss bitch era, you might say first having the show, the big shot on HBO max back in 2021. And then also this story that came out about how she was kind of developing or shopping around a potential reality show about women in Connecticut earlier this year. And she talks about both of those things on this episode, which I was interested to get her sort of viewpoint on those. The Big Shot notably seemed like kind of a shit show, and this was when she had gotten her big deal with Mark Burnett's production company, and she was supposed to be, you know, leading the charge on all these shows. She's like the executive producer. She is the show, essentially. And she tells this story about how when they were filming this show, it was November 2020, I believe. Um, She says it was election day, but then it was also Thanksgiving, but then it was also her birthday. So I, I really feel like this is a date that we could just find on a calendar. Um, I don't I don't know why it needs to be, you know, she's like, these people are missing Thanksgiving, but then it was election night. And it's like election night was famously like in the beginning of November. And um, I don't know. Her birthday is November 4th. So maybe that's whatever. But she's like, we were filming at my house in Connecticut and I had never been there before. And I walk in and there's a hundred people there and there's, you know, there's, there's rings from the glasses on the tables. And I was just appalled because there was so much damage happening. But, you know, so I was stressed about that. And it's like, okay, first of all, like nobody in the world is going to be, um, you know, upset for Bethany that there were, you know, water rings left on her tables because she used her house as a filming location for a reality TV show. That's, you know, whatever. But basically, if you recall, if you watched this show, the first episode does take place at her house, but it's like this mixer type of thing where everybody's outside in the fucking freezing cold, you can tell. And then they come in, there's this challenge happening where they split up into teams and they have to come up with a thing. And Bethany is basically saying these people had been, um, she pronounces it quarantining, which I like. That's like a fun little, you know, like it's very like <laughs> I'm making myself a quarantini. <laughs> what a time 2020 was. But so she's like, these people have been locked up in a cage for for days. And then we get them in the house and they were there for hours and we were filming all day. And it was like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I asked the the person, one of the producers, one of the people, I'm like, is this legal? And they were like, well, it is. It's not legal, but it's not right. And I think she means to say like it 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 is legal, but it's not right that I mean, if it's, if it's not legal, obviously it's not right. Except like, I don't know, like marijuana, who the fuck cares? But 
so she's saying that these conditions were appalling and that she, you know, never wanted that to happen again and XYZ, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, this story can't be told without the context that this was Bethany's show. It was Bethany's name on it. It was Bethany's production deal. Bethany was the executive producer. The buck stopped with Bethany for this show. Even if she wasn't the one planning everything or whatever, she was in a position of power in this. And she talks a lot in this episode about how, you know, this reality reckoning, it's not about her at this point because, you know, she's in a position where she doesn't have to be put up with these things. And she says, like, you know, I'm smart. I can take care of myself. X, Y, Z. I wouldn't let myself be exploited, which, first of all, I think is kind of insulting to a lot of the people that allegedly have been exploited. It's very like, you know, I I wouldn't let it happen to me because I'm better than you. But, you know, for all of these like shitty little people who can't take care of themselves, I guess we should have a union. But you know, like Beth, this was Bethany's show. So if the conditions were bad, like maybe it wasn't fully on you, but it's on you at least a little bit. And then she also says with this show that she was developing earlier this year that she just like stopped wanting to be involved with it. And she realized that people were kind of trying to like box her out, which feels like a separate thing. You know, the people working on this show, it's like, yeah, they probably were in three Zoom meetings with Bethany and were like, God, this lady sucks. That's different from like Bethany deciding that she doesn't want to be a part of this system anymore. That's like, like getting bad vibes from your coworkers is different than being like this, this industry must be taken down. And she says a couple times, there are a few things that she says where she makes comments like, you know, this was months ago. And, you know, if I knew that I was going to care about, you know, the conditions and blah, 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 blah. She makes it very clear that this is something that she had not ever really thought seriously about or cared much about or, you know, really considered at all until the last few weeks. And that to me is a little crazy because she was on Housewives. She left Housewives years ago now for the second time. She's been, she talks all the time about how she has all of these, she's worked in reality TV for 15 years on every type of show. She was on The Apprentice. She was on The Housewives. She was on a talk show. She was on everything. And it's like, if you really saw all of that and then were in a position of power, you know, spinoff, talk show, executive producer, all of these experiences, and you never, you nothing ever rubbed you the wrong way. You never kind of like chafed at the industry until last month, this month, when you saw that there was a lot of attention happening on things like this and then thought that you should get on TikTok. It's she talks a lot about the idea that she's not the right person to be leading this charge and is very like, well, if somebody else wants to do it, then like be my guest. Like if I don't want to do it, you you think I want to be burning bridges I don't need to burn and having meetings with SAG and AFTRA. She met with both SAG and AFTRA. That's um certainly a, a big undertaking considering that they're um one one entity. Um but it's like Bethany is creating all of this around herself. So for her to then kind of, for her like clap back to be like, well, if you don't think I'm the right person to do it, then like you step the fuck up. It's like, yeah, that's not actually, that's not actually how this works. Like I, you know, I'm not going to be the one 
to go around with a clipboard and get signatures of housewives that want to unionize. But neither is Bethany. She's not doing that. She says that she, the idea that she's leading a charge against Bravo in quotations, she doesn't like that idea because she says it's not about Bravo. It's about the industry and it's about, you know, all of this stuff that's happening on all of these shows. But then these lawyers that she onboarded for this are sending all of these letters to Bravo and to NBC Universal. And it's like, if this is really about the industry at large and not about a corporate entity that you feel like you have beef with, you're not doing a very good job of making that work happen. Like it kind of feels like you're very focused in one place. Um, And I don't know what the end goal of that is going to be or how it's going to pan out, but yeah, but she doesn't care. You know, people are going to say what they want to say. People are going to get behind their fuzzy microphones, she says, and talk shit about her. And it's like, okay, yeah, like those who live in glass houses. But um, she also, the, the one thing, the last thing I, I want to bring up, she she talks about a couple of situations that she uses as kind of examples of production dropping the ball and allowing things, unsavory things to happen on these shows. She talks about the Naked Wasted incident from way back when on Orange County where Tamara and a couple other people were basically, you know, sort of conspiring to get Gretchen really drunk. And then there was some, some iffy stuff about Tamara's son, Ryan, like kind of trying to like flirt with Gretchen, get with her maybe. That's, uh, you know, that is a little bit questionable, but then she brings up the situation that happened on Below Deck Down Under just a couple weeks ago, and she has absolutely no understanding of what happened in this situation. She clearly has not watched the show. I think maybe she saw like a tweet about it. Maybe somebody slid in her DMs and she read half the DM, you know, after she took an Ambien and it was like 1 a.m. So her her read on this situation is that guy got in bed with girl and production did nothing. And captain came down and had to fire him. And everybody's like cheering on the captain, but why didn't production get involved? And it's like, Ms. Frankel, literally the, the entire situation was handled at the beginning by production. Captain Jason was asleep. Aisha was not in that area of the boat. It is literally the producer or the cameraman or whoever is the one that made him get out of bed and get out of the room. And if you watched it even once, if you watched it, you know, if you were in the next room making dinner and had like half an eye on the TV, you would know that. And it's like, why are you I'm sure there are better examples that you could be using over 15 years, 20 years, however much reality TV has been created in in our history. You could find some pretty good examples. And the fact that you are using so wildly incorrectly this one that happened a couple weeks ago to try and prove your point, it's really it really just shows like how how little you have your kind of like actual mind wrapped around what's happening but i digress i i really i i just i i think we're gonna be on a bethany diet from now on i don't know how much more we can talk about 
Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to over overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Switching gears. I'm happy to have caught up on Atlanta because I know I've been slacking on this season. And honestly, the last couple episodes have been, I think, a a little bit of an uptick. There's been some good stuff happening. First of all, the return of Cynthia Bailey. She's back. She's hanging out with the group. She's showing up to events. She's in the confessional looking gorgeous as always. And I think Cynthia coming back at this point in the season has been such a breath of fresh air that this season desperately needed because it's like there's all of these rough vibes happening between Marlo and Candy and Drew and Kenya and like it just feels like there's not like a big storyline to care about or a big feud happening. It just is kind of like all these women aren't quite getting along. And it's it's a tough hang. And so Cynthia coming back and looking gorgeous and being in a little a little bit of a she's in like a little bit of a dip. You know, her she's gotten divorced from Mike. She's back in Atlanta. She's kind of trying to, I think, get her groove back a little bit. And having her back and getting to hear about that and seeing that she and Kenya are now in a good place after reconnecting post girls trip that I love to see it. it, I just don't, and nobody has any reason not to want Cynthia around. And I think with housewives, this is something I've noticed the more time that I've spent watching these shows, watching the conversation around them, the social media people have, I think a chronic underappreciation of housewives who bring a level-headed, real kind of rational energy to the group. And I think it's it's easy a lot of the time to write these women off as boring or as, you know, not carrying their weight or not starting enough drama or not being messy enough. And obviously everybody has to contribute, but I think everyone contributes in different ways. And I think that that is a really crucial thing to understand about kind of how a housewives cast works together because you can't have six Marlowe's. You can't have six Kenyans. That would be a fucking disaster. And I think that Cynthia is the kind of energy that this cast maybe needs. They need kind of that central person who everybody sort of gets along with and is going to sort of be the, the, maypole of the group you know everybody can kind of move around them and Cynthia is at Sheree's sip and see I thought that was funny Cynthia is funny also we see her in these confessionals in these episodes and the thing is if Cynthia was coming back and she wasn't really like bringing much to the table or giving us much we would not be seeing her confessionals in these episodes I feel like the confessional interviews are the place where you really see kind of how somebody's performance as a housewife is is going especially or if you're at like a friend or a guest because they might call you in to do an interview just kind of so they have it you know it's like shooting all your coverage you get everybody's thoughts whatever but if Cynthia was boring in the confessional chair they would not be using it she's not a full-time she's not I don't know if she's even technically a friend I don't know what kind of contract they gave her because she's just she's just here for a few episodes because next week is the finale already but I'm liking Cynthia back. I think depending what happens for next season, I could see her slotting back in either a more full friend role or um, even a, even a peach back. I don't know. 
Latoya and Shamia are back too. Latoya, I just don't understand why. I just don't understand. And this is what I feel like the last couple times I had talked about Atlanta earlier in the season, I felt like they're just kind of, they're dredging up these storylines that don't quite click. I thought in Portugal when they were talking about what happened with Bolo three years ago, I didn't understand why this was a topic of conversation that needed to be coming back up on the show. I don't care if Drew and LaToya made out. I don't care who said it to who and then it became a fact, even if it was maybe a made up story. That is something that I just don't have the capacity to care about anymore. And LaToya is somebody who was a friend of for one season on this show. It's not equivalent to Cynthia coming back. It's not equivalent to to Drew. Like, miss me with that. And in the most recent episode, Chavez having her sip and see. It's a lovely event. Um, she she gets her must haves of boho glam, bears, balloons, and fabulousness. No budget in sight, of course. Um, but Drew rolls up and sees this guy Anthony walking in, and she won't even get out of the car. She's like, "No, that's not cool. This is the guy. It's this guy who." used to be Sheree's assistant who accused Ralph of being gay last season. And then Drew says that they saw each other at a club and she had taken her shoes off. Cause I don't, do people take their shoes off in the club? Like, uh, okay. I know that's not the point of the story, but so then Anthony picked up one of Drew's shoes and threw it at her. But then Candy confronts Anthony about it. And he says that, Drew got a reading from him because she owed a coin and that Drew threw her bag at him before he threw the shoe at her. And it's just, and the police were called. Drew says like, real, is this what we're talking about? That this nobody Anthony is like derailing Sheree's beautiful event for her glam baby. And Drew is like stuck in the car because she refuses to come. It's like enough, enough, go to the party, avoid each other all you want. Why are we doing another hearsay storyline that feels neither here nor there? And it's like, yeah, Sheree and Drew are not that close. There are probably going to be people at Sheree's party that Drew doesn't quite fuck with. And I get what Candy is saying about how obviously Anthony is the one that seems a little more heated up and maybe like he's kind of the shit stir in this situation but it's like there are at least a hundred people at this party stand in a different corner this show has been on for 15 seasons we cannot be doing this but then like 10 minutes later we get this amazing moment where Bob Whitfield shows up with this woman that nobody has ever seen before. And they're in photos together with Cairo and the the baby and Cairo's partner. I don't remember her name, but everybody trying to figure out who this woman in the photos is, is absolutely priceless. It is so funny to have Cynthia and Candy and Sonia and Kenya and Marlo all looking at like, <gasps> who's that like is that is that bob's girlfriend they're like no i thought i thought i knew what she looked like and she didn't look like that but she's old enough but <sighs> and the reveal that this is bob's full daughter 
that Sheree herself had not known about until this moment on camera, despite the fact that this daughter, woman, grown woman, was born before Bob and Sheree were together. That is television gold. Like five minutes ago, we were talking about who threw a shoe at who at the club that Drew took off because we do that in public, apparently. And then we get this like delicious moment of the women just not being able to take their eyes off of Bob and this woman. And it's like, that is what we need. That is the energy we need. Apollo was there. Like, this is the Atlanta that I enjoy and that I want and I need. And I know we're, we're barreling toward the end of this season. Um, but I really hope for next season, they can find a way to just kind of, just kind of give it like a shot in the arm and really bring it back. Because these last couple seasons, there have been some bright spots, and I think the cast still has a lot to give. But it's like we gotta just, we gotta just find that spark again. And I felt like in those last five minutes, we saw it, and it was beautiful. Kenya saying that she met Bob Whitfield originally when he was cheating on Sheree, and she didn't even know they were together. It's like this is what I want. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm happy to be caught up on Atlanta. I'll try to check in, you know, once or twice more in these last few episodes. But overall, you know, that's that's all she wrote for today. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. Um, and until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.